夢にまで見たような世界で争いもなく平和に暮らしたい「もう我慢ばかしてらんないよ言いたいことは言わなくちゃ」「帰り道夕暮れのバス停落ち込んだ背中にバイバイバイ君の」One of the puniest claps I've put out on here. That was that was really weak, but it, it, it's fine. Like it was on time. It was just very puny. I mean, as long as you see the waveform. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, the clap doesn't exist because Discord doesn't transmit it, so it doesn't matter what the clap is. That's fair. That's fair. Oh. I uh, I. Words. Okay. Words are going to be a thing for a second. How far did you get in dread? Mm, about second boss ish. Okay. Depending on who, well, depending on how, what you count as a boss and what you don't count as a boss, I, some people might say first boss. I suppose. I I count the Emmy as bosses. So. Oh, then third, fourth. Fair. You know, they have their own counting thing. They're, they're their own thing. I did two Emmys. <laughs> Damn, you got two Emmys and you didn't even, like, thank me in your acceptance speech? I did, it's just not live yet. Oh, oh I, I'm sorry for being presumptuous. We. I said to all the people <laughs> who convinced me to waste my time watching 30, <laughs> 30 episodes of Bount Town. This has been 50 episodes about town, Sam. And I, I don't, I wouldn't say I convinced you so much as I said, should we watch the filler arcs? And neither you nor Lynn, our old co-host, said no. Lynn just bowed out early, which, you know, g good. <laughs> like, you can do that. <laughs> we have a doozy of an episode, I guess. Like, we we got more questions than we're used to, one. Uh, the episodes are something to talk about. Uh, and, you know, we, we have the seasons to talk about as a whole. The, this is, this is going to be an episode. I think the season discussion could can be relatively short. Oh, um, for sure. Probably won't be, but, you know. It could be. It could be. Uh... 
what would be a bleach cast finale without some form of sleep deprivation on my end uh this this is ideal honestly like going into this slightly dazed i i i don't see a better plan this is it'll wash out a bleach rewatch podcast i'm your co-host senna and i'm your co-host sam we should probably just get right into it because, uh, as stated, this is probably going to be a doozy of an episode. So we should we should get into it. We have episode one hundred and eight, the Wailing Bount, the Last Clash. We have. I should probably make sure my audacity is recording on the right. Okay, yes, it is. It is recording on the right thing. We. <laughs> We open on Ichigo flying into the ground after some strikes from Karya's messer. Ichigo stands back up, and Karya understands that Ichigo has been using his reishi to, sh- to shield his body from attacks. Ichigo says he's figured out the secrets to Karya's attacks, and that they only come out when the opponent is vulnerable from their own attack. Moving as fast as Sonic the Hedgehog, he simply asks, What if there are no openings? He attacks Karya several times to, like, no avail... You know, except for ruining Karya's coat. Which, I'm not even convinced Ichigo did. Like, it was just no, kind it, of... Ka- Karya ruins his own coat. <laughs> yeah, no, like, it just kind of starts, like, ripping itself to shreds. And then he's like, you ruined my coat. And he just, like, tosses the shreds off. It's very... It's very Karya. Very, very Karya. Also... Ichigo starts att- going full speed. He attacks Karya. Karya goes, "What if I do the thing that you've been doing and I cover myself in Reishi or Reatsu?" And then he does, and even the attacks that get past his guard like don't hurt him because they're fast but not strong. And it is like, "Oh, this is actually super useful. Thanks, Ichigo." But it it ruins the fuck out of my coat. It it totally ruins the fuck out of his coat. Karya states if Ichigo thinks his attacks only come out as counters, then it's time for him to see Messer's true form, explaining that the friction from his wind powers, like, it it does some shit with the atmospheric pressure and basically creates lightning. Uh, It's not a very good explanation, honestly. He just kind of, like, glazes over it. Uh, And then lightning shoots out towards Ichigo, who takes a big hit. Karya brags, saying that the Jokai Crest will fill his body with power any time now. He explains that there's more than one Jokai Crest, you know, stating that when he detonates his, the rest will go with it. You know, in case we all forgot the stakes here. Yeah, but Ichigo didn't have anyone to tell him about the stakes. He needs to know the stakes. Yeah, no, like, Ichigo was just here fighting because he was told to fight and that Karya was a big bad guy and was going to blow up some stuff. He, he didn't know the exact stakes they were fighting for, and, you know, I think that's really important going into a battle. Ichio asks why kill everyone, and Karya's just like, well, the bounce were corrupt, and, you know, even with so much power, they refused to sever their ties to the Shinigami. As for the Soul Reapers, they're even more corrupt, because they created the bounce and used them for their own purposes, so everyone deserves to die. Did they really use the bounce for their own purposes it kind of felt like they just abandoned them and they and then killed them i assume in the in this case their soul their purposes in this case refers to like we don't want our purpose is to ignore you and pretend you never existed <laughs> either way Karya is just kind of like being really weird right now 
And Ichigo asks the Bound Joker if he's crazy, and he says, I'm quite sane. It's just that the world has gone crazy, but it's gonna end soon, so it's fine. Yeah, at this point, Kadia's basically changed. He he's saying, "Hey, yeah, I don't give a shit about the bount because they were all terrible people. They were terrible to me. They were terrible to each other. They were they were just terrible. And also, they couldn't. They kept trying to be buddies with the Soul Reapers, who are even worse. So I'm just gonna kill everyone. Kill all the Soul Reapers. Kill all the bounts. I'm technically the last bount, so by I'm just gonna kill myself while I kill all the Soul Reapers, etc." It, it really is just that. Rukia and Renji show up, but Renji tells Rukia not to interfere, stating Ichigo is a match for even Byakuya, so, of course, we need to believe in him. Karya tells Ichigo- Go on. I, I just lose my goddamn mind. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's, he doesn't say anything like, we just get in the way or anything. He's like, no, don't interfere. This is his fight. Besides- He's proven to be equal to Byakuya, but let's believe in him. And I'm just like, we were we were joking slash expecting <laughs> the whole, like, Ichigo's friends are going to show up and just kind of cheer and make a face whenever he gets hurt thing. You don't have to just do it there. Like, <laughs> oh, Sam, but don't you worry. There's more of this. There's much more of this this episode. <laughs> this is, I think, by far the worst. Because... Yeah. <laughs> This is Renji stop actively stopping Rukio from going. Yeah. The others just kind of show up and do the thing. Where he's like, no, I have thought about doing the thing, and I've decided that it's not a good idea. Renji just doesn't want to get hurt, but he doesn't want to admit it. <laughs> coward. Poor, poor coward. Uh, Karya tells Ichigo it'll be fun to finish him off before ending the world, and Ichigo just like can't even move, because he's like expended all his strength. I do kind of like Katia here, because, like, when he's like, listen, it is inevitable, like, I'm obviously winning this, you can't stop me, no one around here is doing anything to stop me, which means this world is ending, but you're still fighting me, so I'm a- I'm going to enjoy this fight and finish you off because you keep fighting before the, the world ends. Yeah, no, I, I did enjoy watching Katia here. I think at this point, his motivation makes no goddamn sense. But, you know, whatever. Who needs it? He's entertaining on screen. That's all that matters, I guess. So Ichigo has no strength left. Uh, He's, like, struggling to, like, move his arm. He's, like, trying to will himself to move. And then we hear hollow Ichigo speak. And suddenly Ichigo's eyes are yellow. And he can move again. Uh, He launches, like, a huge Getsuga Tensho at Karya, who is very confused. And then Ichigo's eyes turn back to normal, and he seems to be in shock. Karya is just like, huh, well, it seems your inner power has left you too. And as a bount, I have a powerful ally called Reishi, so it's fine. He he tries to absorb the Reishi, but realizes he can't. Uh, he, like, flashes back to being stabbed by Ron Tao, like, last week. And he's like, oh, I guess that probably somehow sealed my ability to absorb Reishi. But I'm not going to dwell on that, because we don't need to explain why that is. There's no need to explain it, and it's a good idea in theory. The problem is, the scene right after he gets stabbed, he gets up by healing all of his wounds with the Reishi around him. Yeah, (laughs) 
so he he does start using his Jokai crest, uh, and then the two f- clash, and they start arguing about power, and Karya claims he'll detonate the nearest Jokai crest right now. Uh, we we cut to Ukitake in his third seats as they find a Jokai crest and seal it, and then we cut to Kiyoraku, uh, who's just like exploring around trying to find one, and Hitsugaya and Matsumoto are just like running. Uh, and Shuhei, Izuru, and the other squads are all, like, working on the whole Jokai crest problem. Uh, my favorite part of this little, like, tiny-ass montage is Komamura looking at a map with all of the Jokai crests on it. And he's like, sir, there are too many Jokai crests. We'll never get to them in time. And Yamamoto just basically tells him to stop being so negative. We've totally got this. We have to have this. <laughs> it's just like... Yeah, sure. Why not have Kamamura just, like, be like, we can't do this, you know? Yeah, I mean, I I suppose in that situation, it makes... So, Komamura's looking at this and is like, I think we're all going to die. <laughs> I think that's what's happening. And Yamamoto's like, listen, you can either think we're all going to die and not do the job, or you can do the job and hope that we don't die. Yeah, uh... I just kept thinking to myself here because it doesn't really seem like anybody mentioned it, but I feel like even if they weren't able to stop, like, some deaths, it would make more sense for them to, like, go for the Jokai crests that are, like, nearest to where Ichigo and Karya are fighting, because that should be obvious to everybody. Technically, we don't know that they're not doing that. This is true. It's just... I don't trust Bleach to be that smart sometimes, you know? Yeah, but that doesn't mean we have to assume the worst. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Uh, maybe I'm just, like, a little sour on this episode because it's kind of dumb. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we cut back to the fight after the, like, whole Komamura bit, and Karya tells Ichigo not to worry, since the detonation of one Jokai crest won't affect the others since they're so far apart. Which, you know kind of contradicts his whole plan here but you know it's whatever well that's the thing they're far apart from each other but if he explodes and he's got multiple in the radius that's different i suppose i guess like it it, it's implying that they're far enough from each other like in general that it shouldn't be an issue it's just like i i guess he's implying that like if you blew up his own jokai crest it would like somehow catch them all i don't know i don't know it doesn't make a whole lot of sense i thought it was really funny he just kind of contradicted contradicted himself here it's whatever i guess though uh he shoots at some lightning and then we get a shot at biakia as he calls his bankai and the petals of senban zakura stop the lightning going directly for karia uh who angrily slices the petals out of the way you called this last week (laughs) yay you did it! You called Byakuya showing up here. Yoromichi shows up too, and is like, Hey, sorry, I'm so late, I forgot to be in this arc. Anyway, here's the deal for the other Jokai crests that are being sealed. Uh, this changes basically nothing, but yeah, just deal with Karya fast. Just do it. Now. Uh, she asks Karya his plan, and he just goes, Obviously, I'm gonna kill you all! And he attacks to no avail, as Ichigo just goes, hey, Karya, this is a one-on-one fight. This is how we do it here. 
and Karya just, like, accepts this? I mean, the way he sees it, it's like, in X amount of time, I win. Yeah. So if I only have to fight one person at a time, sure? If that's what you want, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, like, this makes sense just for Karya's goals. It's just very funny that Ichigo's like, no, 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 this is a one-on-one fight. This is Bleach, my friend. Uh, Byakuya starts readying his blade, but Yonorichi tells him not to interfere, because they have to be ready to seal the Jokai crest upon activation. Which, this at least makes some sense. What I love here is that Byakuya stands and says nothing. <laughs> yeah, like, I do- I like this way more than Renji's reason, because she's like, okay, listen. In the off chance that Ichigo loses, or if it goes off during the fight, if we're also fighting- we probably kill Kadia, but if he blows up while we're fighting, we don't have time to get into position to seal the explosion and stop it. Yeah. But maybe if we're watching for the moment it starts, you and I can stop the explosion. Maybe. And I like this idea because it, like, from a head of the secret, of, or ex-head of the secret ops department, it makes sense for her to be thinking of, okay... It, it seems like Ichigo might be doing a thing here, and I'm just going to prepare for the worst, the worst case scenario. Yeah, no, I, I also like this reason a lot more. It makes more sense. Uh, I do think it's really funny that Yonorichi just shows up having not been around for like 10, 15 episodes. It, like, that, that much made me laugh. It's okay. We, lear- we learn next episode what she's been doing for like the last episode and a half or whatever. Yeah, at least that amount of time. Karya's getting tired. Internally, he's saying he's used too much power, compressing the Jokai crest, whatever the fuck that means. His energy flashes red, and then he gains a second wind. This is this is the point where he, he starts using the Jokai crest power. Yes, yes, yes. I, I was mistaken earlier. Uh, Yoroichi observes that though he can't absorb Reishi, his attacks are getting stronger. She realizes something, and then immediately tells Ichigo that Kari is out of Reishi, and then he's only fighting using the power of the Jokai crest in his body. Uh, to which Kari kind of stupidly shoots out a blast of lightning at Yoruichi, which does zero. It, it, it just does not go anywhere. Um, he then repeats the stakes of, The Jokai crest will be ready any minute now. You're all doomed. <laughs> and Ichigo tells him he's gonna beat him. And then he just gets hit by Karya, whose lightning is absorbed by Maki's Zanpakuto, which is, like, still stuck in a rock. Uh, Ichigo kind of has, like, a silent, like, moment of, oh my god, that's that's Maki's sword. Maki, I cared so much about him. And then he just, like, he gets, like, really mad, and then he powers up. It's definitely one of those, and now he will try moments. Yes, 100%. Uh, and then Chad, Orihime, and Uryu show up. <laughs> but Rukia tells them they can't interfere. And then explains that Ichigo probably sees the bounce as similar to himself. Being human, but not normal. Having soul reaper powers, but not being anything other than a substitute. He only wanted the power to protect others, and now he lives a double life. He lives with this burden, and still moves forward. You know, in case we forgot the premise of Bleach... <laughs> The thing that in so overall, I like this episode. I like this episode a lot more than I thought I would, and I enjoyed most of it. 
this bit here is fucking bonkers. Because putting aside when Onihime and Ishida are like, Hey Renji, why aren't you fucking in there and helping him? <laughs> putting putting that aside. Uh, because, you know, this is just how Bleach works for now. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's one-on-one fights all the way. Because. Um, putting that aside. Rukia says this, and she's like, he probably thinks of the bounce as similar to himself. He was given power by accident by Soul Reapers. He's been burdened ever since by trying to live in both worlds, etc., etc., etc. This could have been, like, I have two problems with this. One, this could have been a really interesting, like, angle to take, and it could have been a super cool parallel to have if they started talking about this 50 episodes ago. Or 20 yeah. episodes ago. Like, or 30 episodes, you know, any time in the last 50 episodes, this could have come up as a thing yeah. that gives Ichigo, like, are we the baddies? Am I, like, on? am I, am I in the wrong if I conti- if I don't, if I protect Soul Society from the bounty? Nah, 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 and then goes, well, they're killing a bunch of innocent souls, so I'm going to do it anyway. But also, they have a point, right? Like, you could have had, like, a really, uh, like, you could have had Ichigo, like, struggle or have any... Any amount of interiority, because as far as I'm aware, he doesn't even think about this at all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that so that's one. And then the other thing is, she's talking to Orihime and Chad, and she's <laughs> like, Man, none of us can comprehend the complexity and stress that comes from being a normal-ass human, given powers by accident from Soul Reapers, and living <laughs> in the world of the living and the dead, no longer able to just live a normal human life, and having to struggle with, like, having inhuman powers to protect the people you love. You know, like the two people she's talking to. The humans who are living with powers given to them by Soul Reaper by accident, and living in both worlds. <laughs> it's, it's like, especially funny because afterwards, like, Orihime Chad and Uryu all just, like, have this, like, downcast turn where they just, like, look toward the ground for a second. Like, they're like, oh, I didn't consider that. <laughs> they're like, damn, you're right. You're so right. It's like if some, if it's like, it's like if someone walked up to Rukia and they were like, man, I've had it up to here with with like those lowborn assholes from the Rukon guy in the Shinigami <laughs> core. Like, aren't they the fucking worst? <laughs> God, it's just it's so much. Like, it, it's funny enough that on three separate occasions, you know, we get a group showing up and being like, "Wait, we can't fucking enter this fight. This is Ichigo's deal." But it, it's just so much funnier when the third one is just topped off with this weird explanation from Rukia. It just it's icing on the cake, honestly. We're we're eating well tonight. Uh she like goes on further to be like bounce our people too, but they aren't human. They also suffered in two worlds, and that's why only Ichigo can beat Karia. So we have to just sit on the sidelines and trust him. God. I hate it. I hate this I hate it. Yeah, it, I I like the episode. I hate this. I I like parts of the episode. I I don't know that I like the episode, but we'll we'll get there. Uh, Ichigo prepares for one final strike, as does Karya, and the two clash one last time. Karya tells Ichigo the Chokai Crest is backed by the power of all of the bounce, and Ichigo's just like, "Why do you care? You only saw them as pawns. I fight for my friends." 
it it's- is really funny that Ichigo's like, don't you fucking give me that shit. <laughs> you you don't care about the bounce. <laughs> yeah. It's it's incredibly good. Like, Ichigo just kind of fucking calls about here. And then Karya's like, well, don't presume to know about me. Because people hate those superior to them. And your friends are no different. They'll eventually turn on you, just like mine did to me. Where's the logic in protecting people like that? And Ichigo's just like, it's not about logic. I protect them because I want to. And I'll risk my soul on it. Because, you know, Ichigo's a shonen protagonist. (laughs) There is a, like, Ichigo has a specific flavor to this that's a little different, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna get into it when we talk about reader, uh, listener emails. Okay. Karya activates the Jokai crest, uh, like, further, like, actually planning to blow up. And Yoderichi just starts fucking yelling at Byakuya, and she's like, we have to seal it. Byakuya, Byakuya, we have to seal it. Byakuya, what are you doing? And Byakuya just stands perfectly still, as if he's an AFK healer in a raid. It's so fucking funny. (laughs) Like, he starts to move a little bit, and then he looks at Ichigo, and he's like, nah, he's got this. But he doesn't (laughs) say anything, he just kind of stands there, and she's like, buddy, did you DC? We have to pop all the cooldowns. (laughs) exactly like that like i was honestly like i honestly am kind of convinced they just like didn't hire biakia's voice actor for this episode like i'm I'm almost convinced they just reused a previous voice clip to get like him saying bankai because he says nothing else the entirety of the episode he just stands there you know i hadn't considered that but that would be really fucking hilarious oh i i'm almost certain that's exactly what happened they either just like forgot to hire him and like had to change what happened here a little bit or they like just didn't have the budget to do it i don't know i don't know uh (laughs) karya tells ichigo this is the end of everything as their final clash comes to a halt ichigo drops to a knee Karya smiles and turns to him. I suppose it's over now. I'm a little disappointed, admittedly. I won't get to see whether you walk down the same path as me. Ichigo, I... And then he just poofs into ash. Ichigo... It's it's literally like a... (laughs) (laughs) It it is so sudden and so anticlimactic. Like... It, he just poofs into ash. And th- th- when I said, when I have said multiple times on the podcast that I've remembered what happened in this last fight, this is what I was talking about. Just the fact that Karya just fucking poofs. Like, it's so much. I think it's great. Uh, I would have really liked, like, clearly they're trying to imply here that, like, um, Karya is also thinking of the, like, Hey, I know about you, Substitute Soul Reaper. You're also kind of like the Bount, yada, yada, yada. But it's like, it kind of feels like there's a through line in this episode that belongs in a different season where different choices were made in the story writing. And then they changed everything and then they forgot to, fi- they forgot to change the finale. It, it really feels like throughout these last few episodes, like I'd say the last 10 or 15 it really feels like they were trying to incorporate this, like, weird new through line, like, entirely, and just, like, not hitting the mark for it. Like, they just 
didn't know how to set it up or, like, how to foreshadow it properly, so it just kind of falls flat. Like, I think, like, I I understand why some people like the ending of Karya just poofing into Ash, but I think it's very silly. Like, I, I, I just think it's very, very silly and very anticlimactic. Yeah, like, him turning to dust, great, it's, that's what every single, uh, bount has done, but... As opposed to all of the others where they kind of, like, they, like, age to death or they just kind of start disintegrating. He goes from full body to dust in literally, like, a frame's time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a bubble popped and suddenly Kadia wasn't there and then the sand blows away. It's, it's a lot. It's, it's a fucking lot. Um, Ichigo calls him an idiot and then... Chad and friends, you know, just run up and they're like, Ichigo, Ichigo, are you okay? And everybody was so worried about him. And then Yoruichi just flash steps away without a word. Uh, Ichigo says that in the end, Karya disappeared on his own. Ruki asks if he thinks that was the plan all along. And Ichigo says, I don't know. But he probably wanted his never-ending life to just end. And then the episode ends. That's all we get. That's this final fight. <laughs> yeah, like, I think the the feeling that I get watching this episode is I think what they want, what they were trying to get at is Kadia clearly had a lot of problems with Bounce Society and Soul Reaper Society in general. He had issues with the fact that he was immortal and was a nihilist who just wanted the world to end. And effectively was like i think what they were trying to say is that he basically staged this whole thing so that or maybe maybe it wasn't planned as such beforehand but eventually throughout the fight with ichigo it turned into i'm just looking for someone strong enough to fucking kill me so i don't have to worry about this anymore have you seen terror in resonance Yes, but I wouldn't be able to tell you anything about it. That That's fair. Um, I, I, I do want to draw a parallel to the ending of that show, and, like, I'll, I'll kind of remind you, and, like, this is just, for everybody listening, like, if you haven't seen the show Zonkyo no Terror, otherwise known as Terror and Resonance, first of all, I, I, I think I recommend it. It's been long enough that I don't remember, but, like, I think I recommend it, but I, I am going to spoil, like, the entire endgame here just to, like, draw a parallel. Um, the entire- No, wait, no, never mind. Y- I've only watched the, fu- the start, and it's kind of on my list of things to go back to. Okay, never mind then. I, I will, I will not do that then. False alarm, everybody. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> Just ignore anything I said. Go watch that. Um... I I just, I I think they could have set this whole thing up a lot better. I think they ended up getting so focused on this Jokai Crest stuff that, like, at the end of the fight, it kind of feels like all this stuff with Karya being like, oh, I wonder if Ichigo will walk down the same path as me. I I hate everybody. Uh, Like, it ends up feeling, like, a little, like, out of nowhere. Like, Karya's feelings make sense. Like, I understand Karya's feelings. That's fine. It's it's the fact that he starts drawing the parallels between him and Ichigo, and that Rukia also does that. Like, same episode, and there's been no build-up to that prior. Yeah, like, those parallels, again, make sense, but also just fucking come out of nowhere. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a lot. Uh, 
like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, like, super cold on this episode. I enjoyed watching it, but it was more because, like, I found a lot of the moments very funny in, like, unintentional ways. Uh, like, I openly fucking was laughing and clapping when Chad and Orihime and Uryu showed up as the third, pe- like, <laughs> set of people to just, like, come here and be like, nope, we can't interfere, because it was just, like, called it to the extreme. Just, like, Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, no, like, this is, it, in all effort, basically the end of the Bount arc. Like, we have the next episode, but I'm going to be honest, I think the ep- next episode is nothing. I think it's absolutely nothing. Uh, it's a lot of, the, the next episode is a lot of after this episode. You know what, let's just get it, let's just keep going. We'll, we'll get into it. What was the post-credits bit this time, Sam? The post-credits is Ganju shows up at his buddy the Bull's place and says, Aw shit, oh fuck, oh no, my sister is going to find out that I wasn't useful in this arc, she's going to clobber me. And the Bull is like, look behind you bro, you're already dead. (laughs) And indeed, Kukaku is already there, Ganju has been betrayed by his minion, but, you know, can you blame him, honestly? I can't, I can't blame him. Uh, this was okay, this was better than last week's bits. But, like, only marginally. It's not really that funny. It's just, oh, Ganju getting hit by his sister again. Yeah, it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, you want to cut to break? Sure. Let's cut to break. Let's get back into it with episode 109, Ichigo and Rukia, Thoughts in the Revolving Around Heaven. It's a peaceful day, and Ichigo is just sitting, hanging out while Rukia rests. Renji showed up and asks if, asks if he's doing well, they have a little chat, mostly to say, hey, um, Rukia, like, went into the Bount arc still not fully recovered, and then she got hurt. Like, even with Orihime's healing, she's gonna need time to just, like, let her... It's not, like, physical wounds, it's, it's like, inner... It's inner physical wounds, because it's inner spirit wounds, but they're all spirits, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I was waiting for you to, like, somehow uh, explain that one, but that's exactly it, yes. But yeah, it's effectively, she she basically doesn't have the life force to go out and, like, do shit. Uh, and, like, keep fighting. Uh, so even though she's, like, she's in good condition, she's still going to be, like, in convalescence for a while. Yeah. Uh, he also mentions that, like, yeah, you know, buildings are being rebuilt, a bunch of people are continuing to get, receive treatment and heal. Like, they're not... They're not, like, officially through the bount damage, but they're on the rebuild and everything's gonna be fine. Renji here says, we're basically done. But- Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, They mentioned, like, well, Katia wanted to, like, erase the bounce and their existence after all, but now, like, because of his actions, Soul Society has finally acknowledged them 
in their history, even if it was, like, as a terrible guerrilla war that happened. Yeah. Like, I I guess that's that's something. I guess. <laughs> it's like, damn. Fucker couldn't even get his actual secret goal to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I, I think it's very funny that, like, they, they've they spent this whole time denying everything, but then the second that all the bounce are gone, they're just like, well, we fucked up. I admit well, it. Cur- <laughs> current Soul Society hasn't denied the bounce. Fair. They they kept going, hey, it's actually kind of fucking weird that the previous, like, that the previous dudes were like, yo, scrub this from the histories. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's very much that, like, I... I don't know, like, I don't have that many opinions on, like, what, you know, Soul Society is up to right now, because, like, okay, okay, Diva, thank you for knocking that over. Um, It's just mainly, you know, they saw the bounce, they're like, fuck, we're being attacked by the bounce, and now they're gone. We we can acknowledge them. That works. That works. We can acknowledge them. Yeah. The pair start to bicker and argue and start to shout at each other until Byakuya shows up to remind them, um, hey fuckers, you're in my house and you're right next to Rukia's room and she's trying to sleep. <laughs> also, by the way, Ichigo, you don't belong here. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Byakuya's, like, primary existence in this arc is to be mean to Ichigo. It really is, like, the only thing of substance that he does this entire arc. He's, like, he shows up to fight Kadia, he spends most of it being mean to Ichigo. Every <laughs> other pe- every other scene he's in, he, like, doesn't talk <laughs> unless he's being mean to Ichigo. I'm starting to wonder if they, like, pre-recorded a bunch of him being mean to Ichigo and then he took a vacation while the arc was being made. <laughs> you know, that's entirely possible. I think it's really funny, honestly. Like, I... <laughs> I, I would like to interpret this as Byakuya just being, like, fucking salty that he lost. And just, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, taking every opportunity to just be like, go home. You're not needed here. But, like, doing his best not to show that he's pissed that he lost, you know? Like, I I think that would be a really good reading. <laughs> yeah, he's a noble. He's got to show, like, he's got to show decorum. But he's also, like... <laughs> I'm not going to tell you to get the fuck out of my house, but also you don't belong in my house. <laughs> also, really love this now, like, I don't know if it's just going to be a filler arc trope, but I'm really loving the trope of just, like, two characters arguing over somebody who's resting in critical condition. <laughs> like, I-, I love this trope. <laughs> two out of two, and still going strong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so at this point, Rukia also wakes up, because she's like... The- Obviously, I can't sleep with you two yelling at each other. Like, fuck. So she sits, w- she sw- sits with the two, just enjoying the peaceful clouds in the sky. And Ichigo says, yeah, he would have never imagined he'd come back to this whole Reaper world after, like, the previous things. He thought that, like, that was it. Um, Rukia, like, gives a little bit of a mention about how, like, Bount are people too, and the Bount fight was, like, super sad. And... Ichigo brings up a thing which, again, is the core theme of this entire episode. Like, everything that happens in this episode revolves around this idea. I'm not sure how well it lands, because it's weird. Uh, 
I hope you like fate, because that's all we're going to be talking about this episode. So he basically talks about how Kadia probably saw history as a circle, with Bounce Society itself just getting, like, the like society just being a cycle that every and every revolution, it's like, something happens, and then the same thing happens, and then the same thing happens over hundreds and hundreds of years, and every time... The Bounce Society get, just gets worse and worse, or and there's, like, less and less and less of them. So his whole attempts was just to, like, break this endless cycle of, like, slow diminishing returns. Even if it's, like, an, even if it's, like, I'm going to take fate into my own hands and destroy us before we run out, basically. Because that would just be, like, really sad and depressing. Yeah. I think that's kind of, like, the, the idea that they're bringing with Kadia here. It's an interesting idea. Like, I... I do like this. Uh, I, I'm with you in that I don't really know how it lands, just because like it, it feels like this kind of theme in Throughpoint should have come up earlier in the season, once again. Mm. At this point, we get a scene where a rookie Rukia is being told, hey, you're going to be stationed at Kawakura Town for like a month. Um, we learned that she opted not to tell Byakia that she was leaving, and it's only like five minutes, it's only like three or four minutes into the scene that I realized that this was a flashback to before the show started. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, this, this episode has a problem with flashbacks and making it clear that it's a flashback. I wouldn't say it's a problem. It's, the whoever directed this episode, it has a very clear thing that they're trying to do. Yeah. It's just really confusing and I'm not entirely certain it lands, uh, but we can, we can save that for like after the episode. Agreed. Uh, so, this is basically a flashback to when she was first uh, sent to Karakora Town. She was pretty certain that her brother wouldn't have it, so she opted to get her captain to tell him after he left. Uh, after she left. Uh, which, you know, fine, whatever. We also get a Renji flashback, which happened at about the same time, which is, he get he would was told, you're being promoted to vice captain. And he's being encouraged by the other vice captains, the friends he made at the academy. Ikaku, who is, like, clearly aware of his plans regarding Byakuya. Uh, because they they were used to be in the same uh, squad together for a while. Yeah. And Ikaku is even, like, fucking talk to Rukia. Like, she's part of the nobility now, but you're a vice captain. Like, you're on equal footing. You can, you can start talking to her. And he's like, no, no, the ceremony is only in a month. So when she comes back from the human world, I'll surprise her when she comes back. And I'll tell her, hey, I'm a vice captain now. Isn't that great? Uh, you know, time is a cog that never stops moving. All we can do is go with the flow. Like, I understand that they're trying to make... They're talking about those moments and they're talking about, like, the cycles and repetition. And I understand that, like, seeing these two scenes, we can see... Obviously, the tragedy of Rukia and Renji's flashbacks, but I don't understand how they're, like, mirroring them in the present to be, like, a cycle. I don't either. I, <laughs> I don't think... I don't think they are. Um, like, to me, it kind of just feels like flashbacks for the sake of, like, fleshing this part out a little, like, a bit more, but uh, it, it doesn't really work for me just because like we already have that resolution to this like we already have Renji and Rukia being friends again and like it, it would be one thing if like 
that wasn't resolved yet, and we got some more backstory into this, but, like, it's already resolved. We, you know, don't need this. It kind of, it kind of feels like they had the theme for the episode, they, they decided what they wanted to do, and then they did these two scenes, and were like, eh? Eh? And it, it just doesn't quite stick, because it, it doesn't really tie into the theme that they're trying to, like, point out here. Yeah, and if they're trying to say, hey, sometimes you have plans, and then, like, the bureaucracy of Soul Society just, like, gets on your ass and fucks you over, uh, you know, cycles and rhyming and all that, that could kind of make sense, except that never happened explicitly to Rukia directly in the same way that it happened to the bounce. And I'll explain more of that also in an email that we get later. Yeah, makes sense. To keep going through the episode, elsewhere, underground, Koga wakes up under Rantau's care. Uh, you know, obviously, he thinks it's Yoshino at first, and she's like, no, 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 don't worry, she's dead. She's real dead. Uh, Yodoichi brought, her, brought him here after he got beaten. Yeah. Uh, he's like, why did you do it? And she's like, eh, fuck, I had free time. That's, like, literally her reasoning. It, it's so fucking funny. Be, like, she's, like, explaining how she went back and saved him. And I'm like, you know, if you wanted to make it, like, it, it really sucks. If you really wanted it to make it seem like it, like he was dead, you would have left his clothes behind. Because that's what happens to all the bounce. Or, like, I, I believe that's what happens to most of the bounce. But, you know, whatever. It's fine. He can just be completely gone. I'm sure they won't think twice about it. I'm sure she'll just write in a report that, like, it was a captain's attack. Obviously, the clothes didn't survive. <laughs> they all got frozen and shattered. They sure did. Or, more likely, she's going to actually tell the truth and just say, like, hey, he's not causing problems. Yeah, like, I, I would be happy with that. Like, we don't get that, but I, I would be happy with that. Yeah, so Koga asks about Kadia, he learns of his death, and... We just, like, get... This is this is definitely padding, because we get, like, flashback to the final confrontation speeches from the last episode, and I'm going to give an extreme benefit of the doubt to the show here, and just assume that this is to show that Yorochi is, like, super descriptive in her storytelling, which she's telling him what happened. <laughs> it's as if he was watching the TV show and could see as if he was there. <laughs> I, I, I'm very glad that we get to see somebody watching Bleach in Bleach. Later, Ichigo is walking around, and he finds Khan, accusing him rightfully of trying to sneak into Rukia's room. Uh, Khan explains that, oh yeah, he finally caught up to the group just in time for everything to be over, and don't worry, Khan, no one else from Ichigo's group did anything in that battle anyway. In fact, they've all been exceedingly passive for several episodes. <laughs> God, it, I don't know. I I feel like Cone being in this arc is just dumb. I I I don't think they did anything with Cone. Like they they just kind of had him there to make a comedy bit that didn't work. They just had him on the payroll for the after the before after credits bit, like the next time on bits. Yeah, they most they just had him there for there for that, and they're like. Well, that took 30 seconds, and I guess you charge by the quarter hour, so we might as well get some other voice lines <laughs> out of you. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I, I do want to say really quickly before we, like, fully move on here, like, uh, the the scene with, like, Rontau and Koga, like, I do really like, 
uh, overall. I do especially like how they both write themselves out of the show. Because <laughs> they're just like, hmm, well, I can't go back to Serate. I don't really feel safe in the human world. I guess we'll just sit. <laughs> and that's basically yeah, like, the thing. Like, Koga says, if it's the fate of the, of the bounce to die out, he's completely fine with that. And Rantau was like, well, since all the bounce are gone, like, I don't have any life goals. But at the very least, while you heal up, stay here and tell me the stories of the last bounce. I, I, I like that a lot. Like, I... I I ended up liking Rontau more than I thought I would throughout this arc, mm-hmm. but you know, that that's just that's just Rontau. Incredible how when someone like monumentally fucks up, but they make like mater- they make like material efforts to to change stuff, it like it tends to improve your perception of them as a character. Yeah, I know, insane, right? <laughs> who who'd think? Who would have thought? Yeah, so Ichigo basically tells Khan, like, hey, the gate's basically ready, we're going, Ruki is not coming with us because she's still recovering, Khan complains about not having any power, which makes Ichigo launch into an inner monologue about Kadia obtaining power and being swung around by it until he had no choice but to destroy himself, <laughs> which I feel really takes away from the whole, like, it's it's not that he, it's not that he had no choice but to do that, it's that he decided to do that in the end like that was that was the whole point of anyway like it, it feels like the episode is very much it either it's either that they haven't come up with an actual like through line of what katia thinks or this episode and the and the previous episode were like written by different people and they just had different reads on what katia thought yeah it's weird it is very strange like i i'm i'm in full agreement with you here we get a scene of Ichigo and Norihime, like, hanging out with their school friends, and narrator Ichigo in particular is, like, thinking about power, what it means, why he got it, how time continues to revolve like a like a wheel, like a cog, how, like, as a cog, it's grinding up people into dust as it just, like, keeps going forward and following the cycles of society. Uh, we then, like, cut to another scene where I think it's before, I think it's I'm assuming it's before Ichigo gets his powers, uh, because it's talking about how the spirits that he was visit, like on corner, the spirits of kids who got killed in traffic, basically, um, and how he would often visit them. Sometimes they would just disappear, and there would be like spirit blood on the ground, like just stains. And I think the implication is he didn't have power then; he couldn't protect them, and they were getting killed by hollows. I I do think that's the implication. Uh. I like this was another situation for me where at first it was extremely unclear that this was a flashback. Um just because like we we come right here after they're like, okay, well the gate's open, we gotta go. And yeah. then and then each goes just like in class, and I'm like, oh, we're just back. Okay. And you know, then we get this, and I'm like is, is this before? Is this after? Where is this? And, like, it wasn't until we get this scene with him, like, at the, the corner with, like, the toy plane and everything uh, that I was like, oh, no, this is this is definitely a flashback. Okay. All right. Um, but yeah. uh, I, I do think the idea of, like, the bloodstains being left behind is really, really interesting in, like... We, we know why it happens, but it's just, like, very ominous in, like, a really good way. I really liked it. Yeah, it's a it's a scary visual when you think about it. Yeah. Um, 
And then, like, we go from that scene to a different scene at a different street corner. Uh, I double-checked to be... There was a bit where I was like, is this supposed to be the same person? Is this, like, a flashback to a day before the previous flashback? But no, the the, the street corners are different, the signs are different, like, it's a, it's a different place and it's a different spirit. So we see him meeting up with a ghost girl, and mostly it's, you know, he gives a little offering, and she's very happy that someone's come here to talk to her. Uh, he She asks if he's going to be there the next day. And then narrator Ichigo kind of wonders, is his power made to crush fate? Is it to protect those who would get crushed into dust by the passage of time? And he basically comes to the conclusion, his his power, the reason he has power, is to protect the people he sees. Not necessarily just his friends, and not anything as grandiose as, like, protecting everyone or protecting, like, the city or whatever. It's, he's got power, so he's going to use that power to step in when he can make a difference with that power i i do really like him thinking about this like i i'm very glad we are getting this interiority from ichigo um i i'm like we're basically like we have a little bit more uh but like we're basically at the end of this theming throughout the episode i would say uh would would you agree with that uh no because the next scene continues it Oh, okay. Well, I, I will save my opinion for <laughs> after the next scene. <laughs> so we switch to Rukia, who is also thinking, if history is something that that revolves, she's thinking, so history is either a cyclical thing that go that comes around again and again and again, or it stretches out like a road ahead of us. And if it is cyclical, you basically have two choices. Do you try and break the loop? like try and use your power and get out of that cyclical nature or do you decide to find contentness and happiness in in the loop and then as ichigo's group is walking through the spirit gate she wishes him well and hopes to meet him again in the future okay and i'll just go through the final scene because it's a very quick one in the living world at night we see a blonde guy jumping around the night sky jumping on lampposts commenting that the town is pretty crummy and we see the words we tremble in awe of that which cannot be seen, and so fell the sword of fate once again in the name of a mask. Um, which and that's the end of the the theming because there's a there's a lot of like prose throughout the episode where they're kind of comparing if fate is a cog and it's moving its movement or the movement of fate or the movement of destiny is what is grinding society down or grinding people through society into dust, then the movement of the cog can be akin to the movement of a blade because both things cut you. So the, the pulling of the drawing of a sword or the falling of a sword can be another way of seeing the cogs of time. And, you know, that's, they're, they're kind of like, it's pro- the prose at the end is basically connected to the prose that goes through the all the, the entire episode. That's what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, um, I I do really like that this like end scene is very much a callback to the very first episode. Like I I liked this a lot. Like I I was like okay new character, like I I don't know his deal here, but like new character showing up in Karakura Town. This is like setting up the next arc. Uh, and it's doing it in a really, really moody way and connecting it to the episode as well as it can. Uh, I, I liked this bit. What I, what I was going to say is 
it it really does feel like this episode has a through line, but it doesn't really super know what to do with that through line. And instead of like, you know, we get like reflect self-reflection from Ichigo and like Rukia and we, we get all that, but rather than it like being, you know, an answer to this question, uh, which to be clear, we don't need an answer to this question right now. That's something that the rest of the show can do. Um, it, rather than having any sort of answer to this question, it just kind of repeats the question throughout the episode uh, in a way that I, I personally think is not that interesting because it, it, it is, it is, it is essentially just repeating the question over and over. And like, it, I, I still enjoyed watching this episode. I, I just think it was very repetitive and, you know, didn't really do anything with what it was going for. Yeah, I think part of the intent of the episode is to kind of bring in that, because um, we get a lot of flashbacks to the first time that uh, Rukia and Ichigo met. And I think there's, you can kind of say there's an idea here of like, well, if if time is a loop, if we get the same events unfolding over and over and over again, you could say that the act of giving uh, Ichigo spirit powers by partially by accident uh, is reminiscent of the birth of the Bount, and that would be one of the reasons why Kadia sees himself in Ichigo a little bit, and then, you know, that's why, like, he, by gaining power, is Ichigo going to is he going to end up alone as Kadia did? Is he going to end up coming to the same conclusions that he needs he needs to destroy the world like Kadia did? Or what or that he needs someone to put him down like Kadia did? Like I think they're kind of like gesturing vaguely in there, but while all the the episode itself is like kind of interesting and more than a little haunting, it's also like when you look at it as a whole it is kind of like very busy and also like okay what what is the thought that you're trying to say through this it it definitely it feels like a writer had a really cool idea a director said hell yeah let's fucking do this with like really cool storyboards and then they kind of it's either that like i would need to watch this episode like two or three more times or they just kind of really didn't stick the landing yeah i i'm in agreement with you here, and I I think that can kind of be said for the arcs as a whole. Like, not to get too deep into the like arc discussion, but I I really feel like this whole arc could be summed up with they have some really interesting ideas, but they don't really know where to go with them. They just kind of went, and it you know it just doesn't have the like. I, I'm not going to say they didn't put thought into it, but, like, it just doesn't have the clarity and the, like, I, I, I don't know if I'd even say it's the direction. It's just they they spent too much time on things that didn't need to be, like, have so much time spent on them, and not enough time on the things that were actually interesting about the arc, and I, I, I think that was also a big problem in this episode. And then just to finish up the episode, we do have the post credit scene. Zaraki finally makes it back home. He learns that Ichigo's defeated the bounce. 
sure, fine, whatever. He'll just have to fight Ichigo then. But Ichigo's already gone. That bastard, I'll kill him without even saying (laughs) hi next time I see him. And Ikaku thinks to himself, you know what, Ichigo? Not saying bye to Zoraki was probably the smart play. I I liked this bit. This bit was good. Good one to end the arc on. I I I was a big fan of getting some more Zoraki content, and I just love the idea that he has straight up just been lost this whole time. He's like, yeah, we've just been wandering across like the entire Rukon guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it's very very good. Ah, uh, God. Um. So that was the Bount Arcs. We we made it through. We have successfully made our trip through Bount Town successful. Uh, I, I said successfully twice there. Shows, shows the amount of sleep I got, but you know, whatever. Um, what did you think of the arc, Sam? Overall, I liked it. More or less. I liked it more than I disliked it. Um, I was a little surprised at how much I enjoyed it. I was expecting it to be a real slog, honestly. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of, I'm glad it's a, uh, I'm just glad it's better than I thought it was. I, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, uh, I I think, like, towards the end there, I think things got really muddy. Uh, like, I, I, I think they kind of lost, like, lost direction in what they wanted to do and just started, like, going, oh, well, we have to make all these bounce fight. Uh, but I, I do think I, I am more positive than I am negative overall because there was more, there was more fun here than I expected. Uh, I, I'm with you. I thought it was going to be a slog, and, like, I don't think it really felt like a slog to me until, like, the last few episodes, or when it was, like, a long span of just, like, oh, well, here here's a pointless battle that we don't care about. Here's this. And I was like, okay, you sure are doing that, and they just kept going. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I think my biggest problem with the arc i think there are too many characters um i i say this because there are just so many bounce that don't get like any screen time and they end up being really one note as a result uh and by the time they fought and then died i just didn't really care about them because there was nothing there to care about uh i i i don't know i I really wanted to like the bounce more, uh, but it just didn't really give me much to work with, you know? I want to be wrong, but I think that's just going to continue with every single villain group. That's fair. I think I think in that sense, the bounce are very much par the course for a Bleach antagonist group. I, I also want to be wrong there. Um, I, I think... And- like, I'm sure I will get some obscure Bleach fan being very angry at me for suggesting this. I think if these arcs had gone on for, like, maybe, maybe, like, 10, 20 episodes more, they could have had, like, a better chance at actually fleshing out the ideas they wanted to and fleshing out the characters. But as it is going into the second arc, it really is just, we have all these characters, we have to kill them off because they can't be in the next arc, they're bounce. Like, they don't exist, so we have to kill them all off, one by one, and then they did. Yeah, I feel- I disagree, because I don't- there's 50 episodes in this- in these arcs. Yeah. Like, the- 
there's 50 episodes. You can make an entire anime in 15 episodes, including an anime that has, like, an eight or nine, like, bad guy team and have each of those bad guys be, like, interesting. Yeah. Um, so, I definitely think it's just, you know, it's a case of the focus just wasn't on that. And yeah. it would have been nice if it was. Yeah, no, I, I can agree with that. Um, yeah, no, like, I I think... I'm trying to think of how they could improve this art, because, like, that's my biggest problem, is, like, the characters just aren't that interesting. Um, I think they really needed to focus more on, like, the whole Karia parallel to Ichigo thing. Uh, and I think... I think their biggest failing is just not making Karya that that interesting of a villain. Uh like they they started getting there to where I was like, okay, yeah, no, I can kind of see what Karya is about and I can kind of like see what they want me to see here, but it, it just never felt fully gets there. Uh and like I I think if we had spent more time like in Karya's past more like going on how he could be similar to Ichigo, but going down a different path, and more time, like, explaining the isolation he felt, uh, but, like, you know, in a more interesting way. Uh, yeah, well, I, th- I think you could have done that through present-day conversations with Maki. I, I agree, 100%. You, like, you absolutely could have fleshed out both Maki and Katia Moore, had a focus on that, on that side of things, to have things like, Hey, Katia, like, why weren't you, why didn't you just, like, completely murder Ichigo when he was in your mansion? And he's like, well, you know, I had a little bit of Saswad because X, Y, and Z. I think he might actually kind of come over to our side like you did, Baki. Like, you know, stuff like that. Um, And it would be interesting to see Ichigo, like, actually thinking about that, like, throughout the arc. You know, like, what am I fighting for? You know, like, he, he mainly only thinks about that at the very end of the arc. Uh, and... I don't know. It would have been nice to see more of that, I think. Yeah. Is there more discussion that we want to do about the the seasons in general? The Bount Town season in general? Or do you think we kind of wrapped it up? I, I think we've kind of wrapped it up. Like, I, I feel like if we just went on, uh, you know, much like this last episode, we'd just be uh, repeating ourselves. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I don't think there's that much more to say. Uh, I, I, I liked it. I, I did not hate the Bount arcs like I expected to. I expected them to be, like, garbage. But, uh, you know, pleasantly surprised. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping more of the filler arcs pleasantly surprise me. Uh, but we'll get there when we get there. Yeah. Uh, alright. So I've got some of the emails that we've received. Um, a lot of, some of them were... A little long, so I did read them in their entirety. Thank you very much for sending them. I, I also read them in their entirety. Thank you very much for sending it. Like, really. Yeah, uh, just, but because we're all, we are dragging a little bit, uh, and both of us have other things to do, I'm just going to cut it down to kind of the, the direct questions proper. And only one of them gave us, the, only one of them included like a name within the email proper. So, in the interest of not doxing anyone's email or, like, display name, I'm just going to give, um, I'm just going to give initials for two of the three emails that I'm going to be reading. Yeah, like, you're listening, you probably know who you are. Like, it's fine. (laughs) Yeah, so, 
for JG2 from JG2. We the questions that we got were who was your favorite bount? Your favorite bount fight? Which bount fight was kind of lackluster? And who would you have rather seen them fight in the Seirete? My favorite bount was Koga. Uh I like I think Koga was the most interesting of the bounts uh like throughout. Uh I, I do think they, they flubbed some of the stuff with him, like, a bit. Like, I, I, I think they kind of just, you know, went, went a little back and forth there, didn't really super know what they wanted to do until, like, the, the final arc. But I, I, I liked Koga the most. Yeah, uh, likewise, Koga, easy answer. He's the only one that the show, like, gives any, like, real interiority or ideology to. Um, Yoshino and Kadia aren't super far behind him on that front but they're very constrained by whatever the plot demands whenever we get flashbacks from them um <laughs> whereas koga can kind of like be a character that isn't entirely pushed around by the plot yeah uh, Yo- yoshino's probably number two i thought she was the most she was the second most interesting bount uh out of them all koga's also super interesting because he's got a fun um he's got a fun relationship with his doll yoshi also has like a kind of an adversarial relationship but koga and his doll are like platonic life partners that have been together for hundreds of years yeah no i i i'm with you there uh i i think yoshino would also be my like number two i i think i would have had i think yoshino would have been number one if she survived gonna be real honest can you imagine how many good things that we would have been complaining didn't happen if Yoshino had gone to Soul Society with them. I think it would have been a much more interesting arc. Like, I I, I think... I, not to get back into arc discussion, I think Yoshino dying was the major failing of this arc because I, I really feel like the entire point of the arc should have been her, like, actually, you know, being able to do something for her clan, you know? Like, actually, Imagine how many times she could have been standing by the sideline and not doing anything in Soul <laughs> Society if she had come to Soul Society with them. <laughs> oh, what what we could have had. <laughs> we could have been mad at an entirely new set of things. We really could have. God. Uh, uh, favorite fight? <laughs> oh, th- this one's like probably tough, but uh, you know... I part of me wants to say Uryu versus Yoshi because I I did really like that fight, but I actually think I have to give it to. It, it's kind of a toss up between uh, Kenpachi versus Maki, and um, the whole like episode with Chad and Matsumoto and everything where they're fighting uh Sawatari uh old man chair mm-hmm. Uh like I think the 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 Chad one just barely wins out for me just based on atmosphere alone and that fucking sick ass moment where Matsumoto like is doing that spell with Noba. Like I-, I think that moment is like probably one of the most memorable points in the entire arc. Yeah, both of those fights were I almost picked either one of those. I like I was very, very close. But to me, my my favorite fight in the season, hands down, Rukia versus Yoshi. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's totally just, fair. Just had a whole bunch of like really cool mo- moments and moves that we don't get to see a lot of. R- getting to see Rukia like kick ass, which is exceedingly rare in the series when it really shouldn't be. Yeah. Uh, 
the the like monster movie moments where Yoshi's just like busting down the wall and they're hiding and just like oh shit is she going to find us? Uh, even like Lilin like getting into the action, making illusions, tricking Yoshi to so like Yuruki can get away. That kind of stuff. Just like whole bunch of really cool shit happening during that fight. Yeah, no, like I'm I'm in full agreement. That's that's a really 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 good fight. That's a good pick. And on the other side of this. Which bound fight was lackluster? Mabashi. And who would you have rather seen them fight in the Seireite? M- the Mabashi Soifan fight fucking sucked. <laughs> Gotta be real. I hated that fight. I thought it was boring. I thought it was dumb. I did not like it at all. Um, I, I'm i going to be honest. Uh, I would have rather seen him fight Rukia in the Seireite. And, and the reason I say this is I would have liked to see Rukia come back and stomp this bitch's ass. I, I would have really loved to see that. That is my primary reason. I, I think the fight we got with her was great. The fight with her and Yoshi, incredible. Mm. I loved it. But I would have really liked to see her beat the shit out of Babashi. So I also picked this fight for lackluster fight. Um, I have... Two opinions on ways that you could have made the fight much, much better. The first, you, you actually could have kept most a lot of the fight like kind of the same, uh, but instead of poisoning Soifond, you have her fighter subordinates. Yeah. You even have you could even just have like literally the same martial art move like fights that she has against Mabashi, except instead of being Mabashi, it's her subordinates, and you put like two or three of them on screen at a time. Right, like you could have done like something interesting with that, where she's trying, she's got like, hey, I've got like a lethal weapon, and I have to try to subdue my subordinates and not stab any of them twice in the same place while I'm trying to stab Mabashi. Like that, that would have been a real like, hey, Soifan, you're in a hard place because your power really doesn't work for this situation. I I I agree. I think that could have been very interesting. Uh. I, I think it, it, it kind of feels like they had, like, free reign to do something really cool there and just missed it completely. Uh, yeah. Complete misfire of a fight, in my opinion. And uh, my other idea, very close to yours, also a rematch, but it's Orihime. Yeah. Imagine Orihime using the fairies to block and counter the um, Rins as they're trying to get inside people. Like, using her shields or Tsubaki to, like, to either slice up the doll or block the doll every time it tries to possess someone. And she's basically coordinating her fairies versus Mabashi's, like, army of plants. I have changed my answer. (laughs) Uh, Orihime and Rukia joint fight against Mabashi. Yeah. I, I, yes. This. This is the one. This is what I wish happened. Uh, what could have been? <laughs> what could have been? Uh, but at this, at, at the same time, we did get at at the very. I'm no. I'll I'll save it for the ne- for the next thing. Uh, I'll move on to the next email. I I, which... I have one final thing. One final thing. E- easier answer for the lackluster fight. Mayuri versus Savatari, and who do I wish he fought? Literally anyone else. Well, what if the fight was the same, but it was off screen, just entirely. <laughs> Preferable. We didn't have to care about. We didn't have to care about either of them. Preferable. <laughs> God. Okay, moving on. So we had a very long email from E, 
which to basically boil down the questions we've got first Ichigo we've stated several times he's very emotionally intelligent fights for his friends does that justify his protection of soul society as a whole given that soul society like the story just kind of papers over soul society's ills as uh, just basic uh, especially given how like often their first uh, reaction seems to be destroy the entirety of these people i so this question first of all very well thought out i i really appreciate this question um i really think the fact that this like season jumped right out of the soul society arcs uh into basically this like we had the small bit where like they were being trained by the mod souls at like as the mod souls were like acting as like kind of pseudo villains uh i i think we just don't get the time for ichigo to really think about soul society because we we get that point like towards the end of the soul society arc where it's like well i saved rukia people are on my side now they realize they were wrong so i guess they're fine we, we get that, but we don't really get much other, many other reasons to care about Soul Society. Uh, and I, I think it is very strange. And this is something, like, I think we had mentioned, like, several weeks back, is I don't care what happens to Soul Society. Like, I, I was kind of rooting for the bouts. Like, uh, I just don't see much reason for like Ichigo to side with Soul Society after that, nor do I see a reason for Rukia aside from the fact that you know she's been with Soul Society since forever. It, it's it's just a very strange thing. Of it's these are supposed to be the good guys of the show, but we made them the villain instead for like two seasons, and we don't we don't have the time in this filler arc to justify why they are the heroes now they we just have to have them conquering a quote-unquote greater evil yeah so on my side i think i think it doesn't matter and the, the reason i say this is that um ichigo like proper as a character he tends to be propelled into the events of these seasons by personal stakes first and foremost Yes. It's a recurring theme throughout the series, but especially in the original rescue arc when they went to get Rukia, Ichigo's motives are personal and selfish. He chooses to fight and put himself in harm's way because, like, it's not because he's got an ideological stake for one side or another of a conflict. It's, it's because he has power and he chooses to exert it to protect those near him or those he can see. It's not, I'm not letting you destroy Soul Society because you're wrong. It's more, I'm not letting you destroy Soul Society because I can, like, I have a choice to make on whether I'm letting you do it or not. And if I let you do it, it would make me sad because some of these people are my friends. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Yeah, and it's like, it does, it never comes down to, really, it never comes down to, I think Katia is in the right or in the wrong here it's just it looks like you're trying to hurt my friends or people that i know so i'm going to stop you and this like selfishness to his character is a thing that's like 
it was core to his motivation during the original Soul Society invasion arc, because the whole thing was, I don't care if Rukia doesn't want me to go. I want to save her. I want to stop her from dying. So, and I have power. So I'm going to go and I'm going to perform this rescue. And then we can talk about it. And like, you know, maybe she can convince me I'm wrong, but I'm going to do the thing because I can and I want to. And I'm doing. You know... It's it's one of the things that I actually really like about Ichigo as a character. I um, I agree. Uh, be- before his character gets, like, subsumed into generic shonen-ness. <laughs> uh, one thing I'm, I'm thinking about, and I could be completely wrong because it's been a fucking long time. Like, we have been in the Bount... We've been in Bounttown for a while. Uh, like, we had that, like, two-month hiatus where, like, my life was... Basically turned topsy turvy, but like, uh, we didn't. Isn't like Ichiko's primary motivation for this arc that Urahara asked him to do this? Yes, it start well. It started with Urahara like start ask him, "Hey, get better. Like you're gonna get your shit rocked." Yeah, and then it turned into. Oh, people are being hurt, like, around town. Right, and right, spe- right. specifically Ishida is, like, being weird about it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. Like, they... <sighs> like, his first encounter with a bount was, I'm walking down the street, someone yelled, I ran to it, and then Yoshino tried to shoot a fireball at me. And then Rukia showed up. Now, Rukia's doing things because she believes, hey, Soul Society is in the right here, and these bounds are attacking innocent people, we should protect them. So Ichigo, like, attaches to that, and set goes, well, I can't let you fight alone, obviously. You're my friend. <laughs> yeah, no, that that makes sense. Um, the more I think about it, the more I wish this was a, primarily an Uryu arc, honestly, because it really feels like it wanted to be, and then it, it just didn't, you know? It kind of tries to be like it really does but also now to be fair they're working with a depowered Uryu yeah <laughs> although you imagine if Uryu had like three or four more fights either in either season and it's just that the, his tool was getting more and more and more degraded after every fight I think that could have been really interesting I think that could have been like a very interesting, okay, when is this gonna go off? Like, this is a ticking time bomb. When is this happening? Like, I, I think that could have been some much, much needed tension th- throughout the arc, honestly. Yeah, and we have a bonus question since E didn't have, uh, hadn't caught up by the time we finished the original Soul Society arc. Uh, this is, this is more of like a general lore question. So if you don't have an answer ready, I do. It basically, what's up with Central 46? How did it come into power? Are there elections? Why do they have authority over the military? Specifically, Byakuya, who, like, just abs- they have absolute authority over him. I, my honest answer is I don't know. Uh, like, I, I don't think the show does a very, very, like, a very good job of, like, setting up Central 46, personally. Like, they're there. They're definitely in the Soul Society arcs, but it's just like, 
I don't I don't think it does a super great job of setting them up as important because they are just kind of fucking killed off and that they don't really matter anymore. <laughs> yeah, like a lot of it is um a lot of it is set up in like one or two episodes and it's kind of like here's an exposition dump and then we never talk about this for the next like seven arcs or something. Uh like the quick answer is the 13 court guards are the military force that serve the state and Central 46 is the Senate. And that's kind of it. Uh, Central 46, they're made up of 40 wise men and six judges. Soul Society itself is technically a monarchy uh, because the Central 46 are like mandated by the Soul King to act in his stead. Is that something we we know yet? We know... I. We, I believe we know that they're mandated by the Soul King. We don't know anything else about the Soul King until far in the future. Yeah. <laughs> far, far, far in the future. Boy, do I hope you like shadow governments. <laughs> uh, and, like, so far, we've only seen Central 46 do two things. One, an older version of that, of that Central 46, uh, like a thousand years ago, when Rentao had a discussion with them about the Bound. Every single one of them is presumably dead, because that's a, a super long time ago, and in theory, Rantau is the only survivor from that era. Mm -hmm. And only because she, like, was doing experiments on herself or whatever. And then the other, the other things that we've seen them do, every single one of them is after they died and they were being puppeted by Aizen. Because Aizen killed Central 46 as soon as Rukia was discovered in the human world. So even starting with the order to take Rukia back to Soul Society, all of that is Aizen. So, we just don't have, like, we can't say that any of the stuff that we've seen in the season other than that, like, original Bounce stuff is, like, proof of a corrupt government or whatever in Soul Society because we just haven't dealt with Central 46 at all. We've never yeah. seen Central 46. Uh, we can make some assumptions because they do a lot of fucked up shit during that arc, and a lot of people are like, well, that's weird, but if the government says so, sure. But also, the cops in a lot of municipalities, if the government tells them, hey, this is the rule, and this is what I would like you to do, they're gonna do a lot of that stuff without asking a lot of questions. That's kind of their jobs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I... I think, like, Central 46, like, being dead, uh is very interesting um in, in the way that it's like like you said they're they're the senate it's i i would have liked to see a a bleach where you know they don't necessarily need to dwell on it for super long but i would have like maybe like to see like a three episode arc where we deal with the ramifications of like this government not having like for lack of a better term a central part of it uh like I, I would have liked to see that. I realize that's not something that everybody would have wanted to see because it is, like, a shonen anime. But, like, I think that would have been very interesting and done a lot to flesh out the world. Uh, but we just don't get that. We, we don't yeah. get that at all. Um, yeah, And, like, we are going to see, like, Central 46 in the future gets filled in off screen because the story's just not interested in them. They're They're not really interested in them as a narrative device now that it was shown that the original one were all... It was just it was just a device to say, 
look at how cool and scary a puppet master Aizen is. He took control of the shadow. He took control of the government in secret and no one realized he was doing anything. No one realized there was anything wrong with the government. They just, well, a lot of people thought there was something wrong, but they didn't think it was the government being wrong. They thought it was just like the government being weird. Yeah. Um, And because the story is just not interested with this, we like, it doesn't dwell on it. And next time there's any mention of central 46, it's, oh yeah, a bunch of people got appointed. Central 46 is giving orders now. That is exactly correct. Um, there, there's just like, this is something I am noticing, uh, because recently, and I, I know I've mentioned this, I, I don't remember if I mentioned it like directly on the show, as in like if I left it on, I have been rewatching Naruto, um, and it, it's just kind of a through line of long form Shonen Jump Shonen that I am noticing that. There's a good portion of the time where they will mention something, like, that seems important to the world building. And then ends up just not fucking mattering at all. Uh, Because there have been, like, ten separate occasions in, like, the 40 episodes of Naruto I've watched so far. Where I've been like, this seems important. I don't remember this at all. Like, I don't think this comes up ever again. Uh, And, like, it's... I, I'm wondering if it's, like, something to give the appearance of, like, fleshing out the world while not actually doing all that much for it, or if it's just, like, a curse of long-form shonen to write things into existence and then kind of forget what you were doing with that, aside from using them as a plot device in the moment. Um, I mean, I think that's- it's just storytelling in general. Like, fair. Naruto doesn't give a shit about the- about how the- land of fire is governed and he doesn't care that it's got like a king or a leader or whatever so the se- the series never goes back to like really talk about it until later when it becomes pertinent to his day-to-day life yeah that that's fair i yeah i, I don't have yeah. much more to say there that was like basically my thought it was just something i noticed mm. so yeah and finally we've got an email from duncan who asks us if you had a bount doll what do you think it would look like, and what type of powers would it have? This is... This is just extremely self-insert. I, I think mine would look like a bunch of fucking weird-ass musical instruments, like, strung together. Uh, like, in a very odd and janky way. Like, that. that is what I think mine would look like. Uh, I don't know if I've talked about it on the show. I, I do consider myself a musician. I, I, I don't think I'm that good. But, like, I, I'm trying, I, I'm working on writing music, I, I'm i very passionate about it, and I, I want to do that. So, like, very, very, you know, just, like, self-indulgent here, but I think mine would look like a bunch of instruments strung together. Uh, and I, I, I think the powers would have to do with, like, sounds and hypnotism in some kind of way. I think that would be really interesting. Truly the Aizen of our podcast. <laughs> Oops. In my case, it would be, uh, so I took I took some time this morning to think about it. I think it would be like a ring, and then it turns to a big wireframe tiger, and the tiger's power is just that it can like slow down time on everything around them in a bubble. That's sick. That's actually sick. I love that. 
second question from Duncan. What surprised you in the Bat arc? Did it exceed expectations? Hmm. Uh, I think what surprised me about the Bat arcs was just that any of the characters had, like, interiority. Honestly, I, I very much expected this arc to just be like, oh, the Bounce are here, they're evil, let's go. Uh, and like, for, to be fair, a lot of the arc was that, um, but I, I, I didn't expect Koga to have the interiority that he did, um, and I didn't expect to care about any of the fights, but I, I really liked, you know, like, like we said, the Kenpachi Maki fight, I cared about that, and, you know, I cared about Yoshino, like, I don't know. There, there were a lot of small moments interspersed throughout that surprised me, I think. Uh, and I do think it exceeded my expectations, uh, just because I was expecting this season to be complete dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in my case, specifically in regards to Yoshi, I think, like, half of her fight with Shishida, most of her fight with Rukia were, like, absolutely stellar. Uh, just completely pleasantly surprised to see that happen. Yeah. I th- I think the arcs in general are just better than I previously gave them credit for. Uh, completely floored at the idea that, like, we get some cool fight scenes involving Orihime. We get some, co- we get a really cool fight scene involving Chad Rangiku. Uh, like Rangiku and Nova casting that spell is just a huge highlight of the of the season. Yeah. But the point in the although I I didn't like much of the fight itself. When she's walking towards Mabashi with, or rather, walking towards Rukia at when she's being controlled by Mabashi, and uh, Orihime is just like, "No, I'm determined now, and my feelings are is literally my power, so my shield is fucking unbreakable." Like, <laughs> it looks really cool, and it's like, "Oh shit, this might be the coolest that I remember Orihime being in this show." Yeah, no, I'm I'm in agreement there. Uh. <sighs> I just, oh, there, there are a lot of things in this arc that I think could have been improved. And it, it's just, while a lot of it did exceed my expectations, there's just a lot of downtime that I didn't care about. Uh, and it's just like, I don't know. I, 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 I think it's better than people think. I, I don't think, <laughs> I honestly think if you're on the fence about, you know, Mm, should I watch these like 50 episodes? Uh, <laughs> like I, 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 I think like if you really, really just want more bleach, it is that like you will get that, but it's like, I, I don't know that it's worth it. <laughs> like if I'm being honest, like you get those standout moments, you get some parts that do really surprise you, but it, it, it's like, it, it's really a question of if you want to stick around for 50 episodes of this, you know? Yeah, like, another, like, round of drafts or two probably would have helped a lot. Um, It is, like, when you think about it, it is like, okay, well, they were doing, by the time this aired, they had been doing 110, like, consecutive weeks of Bleach. Yeah. (laughs) These, nowadays, this arc wouldn't even exist, because they would have just taken a, um, they would have just taken a core off or two between seasons of Bleach. But if... Bleach were being made today, and this arc had to happen. I think it would be much better because they would have had they would have been able to take a season or two off 
really figure out what it is that they want to do with it and like what the true line what the through line is going to be and then like actually put it in yeah i i i'm in agreement with that 100 percent. yeah and then finally last question as much as you can say without significant spoilers, what are you most looking forward to and or dreading about the next arc? I think what I'm most looking forward to in general are the vibes. Like, uh, to to be clear, without significant spoilers, this next arc is going to be, like, kind of a downtime arc in some ways. We, we're going to get, like, training, mainly. But um, in, in general, the next arcs... Uh, I, I have some, I, I'm having that moment where I'm like, hmm, I sure did sign up to do this show. Uh, and it, it's not in a bad way because I, I love doing the podcast. Like, I, I love doing this. I, I, I'm enjoying going back and revisiting Bleach. But I keep looking at it and I'm like, hmm, there sure are six Aronkar arcs, huh? And I, I honestly think the length of the Aronkar arcs is the thing I'm most dreading just because I don't remember if they're going to do much to justify that length if that makes sense like i i'm i'm sure like there will be some very standout moments and i'm sure i will enjoy my journey along along this path but i i am most dreading the fact that it is going to be six Arankar arcs and the fact that we're gonna have like filler arcs interspersed throughout and like i'm fine with the filler arcs i've come to terms with that <laughs> it's just Oh boy, we got a lot to cover. Yeah. The I don't think there's a moment there's not a moment that I'm like really dreading in the next arc, at least not that I remember. Um but the thing that I am the most looking forward to is Dragon Crest Demon Light. And that's all I'm gonna say. Actually that might be two seasons from now, now that I think about it. <laughs> I, I I think if I had to give like something like one thing I am most excited for is the new characters that are going to be introduced in the next arc. I remember really liking them. There, there are going to be a few new characters, and I remember really, really enjoying these characters. Okay, no, it's midway through this season. I got it. I, <laughs> I remember properly. It's good. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. And I think that wraps it up for this uh, episode. We did it. We're a we're heading into Bleach a hundred and ten. We did it. We're past the Bount Town. We did it. it. Like this. Like I'm. I'm going to be honest. Like there. There was a second there during like the two month hiatus that I was like, "What if we don't get through this? What if the Bount arcs kill our show?" <laughs> and then I was like, "No, this can't happen. I must stand my ground. We must continue on." And we made it. We made it. We made it through the Bount arcs. Uh, we, we are entering a new chapter of Bleach. Uh, we, the manga is coming back. We, we are going to be reading the manga each week, or Sam is. I, I kept saying I would do that, and I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to read Bleach, and then I never fucking did. So, who knows, maybe I'll do that this time. Um, I'm not gonna promise, but, you know, who knows? Anything could happen. Um, but, you know... Uh, thank you, as always, for sticking with us through everything, through the breaks, through, you know, the weeks where it's just like, we can't do this, we have other things going on. Uh, thank you for listening, as always, uh, and I hope you have a great week.
Stay cool, Chads. Uh, wait, fuck. Shit. Wait, fuck. There's more. <laughs> there There's is, more. There we did. More. We've done 54 episodes of this. <laughs> I forgot to do everything. I forgot all the things. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I also like. Okay. La- last last big thank you thank you genuinely for sending in questions like this is the most questions we have gotten on the show for a season finale or in general and i really appreciate it i had a lot of fun answering them thank you um but you can find the show on twitter at bleachcast you can find me on twitter at lavender underscore pause and you can find me on Twitter at SSBSLJ. It's fine. I'll totally fix this in post. I'll absolutely, definitely do that. This is... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, as always, for listening. I hope you have a great week. Stay cool, Chads. When a mysterious meteor crashes into a lonely junkyard, derelict vans and cars take on human-like life. The vampires suck the gas from innocent cars to feed their need for speed and drain the planet of all its fuel. Only four teenagers, transformed by the meteor, stand between the vampires and a world sucked dry and running on empty. Part teen, part car, all hero. The motivators must fight the night to save the day. So check your fear and get in gear. The vampires are here. Oh my god. <laughs>